let's fill this place with his glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. What a joy, what an honor to have been invited to say something on this very important occasion to celebrate five years of commitment and love and pastoring this great church. Amen. I appreciate all that's been said. There's something very special when people appreciate the blessings in their lives. A lot of times people plow right through life and not really notice the good things God has done. And the Word of God teaches that our pastor is a gift from God. That God gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors, teachers. And so when we stop and say thank you, both to the one that God has given us and, of course, to God himself. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And we even got Christmas music. Wow. Wow. Thank you for loving Christmas. My wife loves Christmas. We had a vote a few years ago. She lost it two to one that she couldn't start Christmas music till after Halloween. But since our family's not really a democracy, we've been hearing Christmas music at home for a little while now. And uh, it was good to hear it here. We love the Blands. My text will come from the 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. John chapter 10, we'll start at verse one. This is Jesus. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name. And leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep. He goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. I want to preach just a little while today on this topic, the shepherd, our shepherd. Lord, thank you for this, your word. Thank you for its eternal truth, universal application. I pray you'd anoint it, anoint me to preach it, all of us to hear it, be changed by it. Bless us today as we honor those you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Please be seated. God has always had a love for shepherds. 
when he chose the second king of Israel, he chose a shepherd. And he not only made this shepherd a king, but promised him that his kingdom would never end. And even more, he made this simple shepherd an ancestor of Jesus himself. Maybe part of this is because David saw into this fact that God had, a, had an affinity, a love for shepherds and wrote history's greatest song, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointed my, my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Even when he wanted common folk, everyday folk, folk like me and you to be present at history's second greatest event, the birth of Jesus Christ. It was shepherds that he chose to represent all of us. He called them through an angelic visitation, serenaded them with heaven's choir itself, and sent them to Bethlehem to worship at the manger. It was shepherds that he chose. Maybe like David revealed to us, God loves shepherds so much because he is one. Even in the New Testament, we find this theme continuing. It was Peter, no less, that told us, and when the chief shepherd shall come, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Our God is our shepherd. Jesus is the chief shepherd. And he watches over us by night. And he loves us and leads us by day to still waters, uh, to lush pastures. He loves us as a shepherd loves his sheep. And Jesus makes it clear the importance of a shepherd in our lives. And he gives us, he's our chief shepherd. But the fact that he calls himself a chief shepherd lets us know there are under shepherds. We are given shepherds to live among us, to be part of the flock, if you will, to lead and guide and show us the way as he follows the chief shepherd, we follow our shepherd that God has given us. When we talk about the role of the shepherd in our lives, we recognize these chief shepherds as scriptural 
For example, Paul to the Ephesian elders, take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. We see that in the heart of a shepherd is a recognition that the church is not his, not hers. The church is God's. He gave himself for it. He gave his life for the flock. And God has given us men and women that he chose and he placed and he blesses to lead us as our shepherd. What great shepherds the sanctuary have. When I think of this great pastor and his wife, several things come to mind. I've been blessed to be here through nearly their entire uh, ministry here there as pastor. And I've noticed some stuff. When I think of brother and sister Bland, I, I think of fidelity to Jesus Christ and his message. Our pastor preaches Jesus' message. What preaching we hear, what teaching we know, because God has given us a man, a woman that are faithful to the message of Jesus Christ. I think of devotion to their calling, a dedication. I'm not surprised he, he, was, he was grieved and he was moved during COVID when the flock could not gather. There's something missing in the heart of a shepherd when he cannot see the flock. He cannot gather the flock. I understand that because there is a devotion, a faithfulness. God called these folks here. Yes, this church elected them, but God called them here. And that devotion to that calling is part of their very nature. Loyalty to those they lead and to those they follow are part of what I see. A commitment to excellence, even if he has to mow the grass himself. There's a commitment to excellence and attention to detail. But most dominant, I think, when I think of this couple, is their genuine concern for everyone they come into contact with. This, friends, is, is almost unheard of, uh, un, unheard of in this generation, almost defined by self-absorption and me-firstness. There's a pastor and first lady in this church who love you above themselves, and this is a gift from God. The focus of their lives is to seize an opportunity to build up, to encourage, and of course to save everyone they can. In my text, Jesus is referring to what makes a shepherd. Of course, he is at one level at least referring to himself and his role of giving his life, of conquering death, of rising above all that would hinder or stop and establish his church in this world. But at another level, he's talking about those under-shepherds that he gives to each of us. There's three ways Jesus gives us here in John 10 that we can recognize a true shepherd. Here's what he says. First, he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd 
of the sheep. Now, this is important. He who does not enter by the door, but climbs up some other way, he's a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. What's he talking about? What is this door that delineates between a loving, caring shepherd and a thief and a robber? How can we tell? Well, Jesus tells us in the ninth verse of that same chapter, I am the door. By me, if any man entereth in, he shall be saved and go in and out and find pasture. Jesus said, I am the door. If you want to know a shepherd, he's the one that comes to his people through Jesus Christ. He doesn't preach himself. He doesn't preach his opinions. He doesn't preach his philosophies. He preaches Jesus because it is all in him it is all in him he preaches Jesus he brings people to Jesus he trusts in Jesus I want you to know this pastor knows there is no other help there is no other hope you won't find it in psychotherapy you won't find it in business principles but you will find what you need in Jesus Christ without fail. If your home is broken, Jesus is your answer. If you're struggling financially, Jesus is your answer. If you're depressed and filled with fear, Jesus is your answer. I wish I could kick my leg. I can't do it like you can. When you come to the sanctuary, you're going to hear Jesus. You're going to hear about our Savior. You're going to hear about the cross and his sacrificial death. You're going to hear about baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. You're going to hear about the infilling of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what's preached across this pulpit. You'll know the shepherd because he comes in by the door. When he walks in, he comes through Jesus. And he brings Jesus with him. The second identifier, and probably my favorite, to him, the porter, the doorkeeper, opens the door. <laughs> I like this one because for the true shepherd, it says God opens doors. God makes ways. God puts down a path where a minute ago there wasn't a path. God shows direction in every situation. I don't know if you have 
but the Joneses have said in this congregation, and when pastor began to preach, doorways opened. Things began to speak into our lives and into our hearts. Situations change when you have a pastor who connects with Jesus Christ because God opens doors to the shepherd. Romans 10, one of my favorites. How shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they not, they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Pastor has beautiful feet. I've never seen your feet. Come to think of it. But I know they're beautiful feet. What makes it beautiful? The feet of the pastor is beautiful because they bring the blessings of God. They bring the answers to our questions. They bring hope in the darkest hour. They bring help when there is no help. Those feet are beautiful because God opens doors for those feet. When they come near, God just opens it up. I'm old enough to remember when self-opening doors were a cool thing. When I was a boy in California, Safeway, the big grocery store chain, had opening doors. You didn't have to open them. Just walk up there. And six-year-old boys, we'd walk up, make the door open, run away, come back, make the door open until somebody came, got us by the shoulder, and said, you boys need to find something else to do. We loved opening doors. When pastor preaches, it isn't just the words of a man. When he preaches, doors open. God shows a way out. God reveals the answer you're looking for. God opens doors for the pastor. And the third and last that Jesus mentions here in John 10. The way we know our shepherd is the sheep hear his voice. And they know his voice. He calls them by name. I'd never heard that ever morning. Pastor calls our names one after another before I came up to preach today. But I think it's appropriate to realize that a shepherd knows his flock, calls them by name, and the chief shepherd hears our shepherd interceding for us and leads them 
out. I thank God for the recognition in this church for the voice of the man and the woman of God that God has given us. This church has always been blessed with great leadership. Not every church can say that, but the sanctuary can say that. The men and women who have been called to minister, to shepherd this church have all been men and women of God. And God, five years ago, when there was perhaps some apprehension and worry about the future, God said, I'll give them a voice. And they'll recognize that voice like they recognize the voice of Brother Graham and Bishop Dugas and Brother Sanders because this is my church and I will look out for my people. In the East, in Bible times, shepherds did not care for their sheep alone at night. But they would bring their flocks together to a sheepfold or in another context might be called a corral. A place of safety and security surrounded by fencing. And there several flocks with many different shepherds would be brought together and placed in a safe place and guarded by one shepherd through the night. And then in the morning, the other shepherds return. And as they came and the gate was opened, they began to call their sheep one by one. And the sheep needed no one to separate them. The sheep needed no one to tell them or lead them to whom they belonged because they recognized the voice of their shepherd. They would not follow another. Jesus used this, what was then a well-known process, to describe the relationship between pastor and his flock. They won't follow a stranger. They won't be led to some strange place. They won't be robbed. They won't be stolen from because they recognize the voice of the shepherd. Let me tell you something. There's somebody that was on a bar stool last night, but they belong here. And God will let them hear the voice of their shepherd. And they will follow that voice. There are black slides that have lost their way but God has instilled in them a recognition and they're going to hear the voice of this pastor and they're going to know where they belong and they're going to come home again because God guides and leads through the voice of a shepherd and this you see is where the synergy happens the shepherd leads, the sheep follow, and the chief shepherd blesses. I want them to come and get ready to worship. This relationship, this synergy is as old as the ages. 2,000 years does not mark its beginning. You must go back much further than that perhaps to the walls of Ur, 
and Abram and Sarai who led their flocks and sold the wool to those teeming cities. Perhaps even further back, all the way to the sons of Noah and those who led their flocks. And maybe even further, to Abel, though dead, yet speaking, who brought from the flocks and the herds his sacrifice to God. So God chose to, to model for us in the most, one of the most important relationships and synergies within our entire lives. This age-old connection between the guardian shepherd, the guiding shepherd, and the vulnerable flock. Today we're celebrating that relationship right here at the sanctuary. One that God chose, not us. A relationship that Jesus himself modeled and claimed. A relationship between a shepherd and his sheep. Now let me end with this. The truth, of course, is this is not a corporate relationship. Oh, it is. It's between shepherd and flock. But it's more than that. The shepherd calls them by name. It's a relationship, not just of one and many, but it's a relationship for each and every one of us. He calls them by name and they know his voice. And so this relationship is personal. And that's important because each of us must decide what the role of the shepherd in our lives will be. It is forever settled and has been since time immemorial, the shepherd's relationship with the church, with the flock. But each of us define that relationship for us and for our families. So what role does pastor play? How significant is pastor in our lives and the lives of our families? Is he our lecturer? Sharing with us life lessons that we can pick or choose? Is he our guru? Approachable when we have a question. But sitting high on a mountain peak distant most of the other times. Is he our therapist? Our group therapy leader?
or is he our pastor, our shepherd? One who can correct us, speak a word of God into our lives. One of whom we recognize the scriptures meant, obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account so that they may do it with joy and not with grief. But that's unprofitable. I think Paul was trying to give us an even clearer picture of how this should be for each one of us. The role of pastor who makes decisions that we may disagree with, but he's pastor. And we submit and we follow. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And this is how it's supposed to work. Would you stand with me, please? So with eyes closed across the building, I would simply ask, follow or not? Let this incredible relationship that only occurs in the church of the living God into your heart and into your life and find a way to make this gift the most significant you have ever received. Let's lift our hands and talk to the Lord right now. Would you do it? Jesus' name, we thank you, Savior. We praise and adore you today. We lift and glorify you. We thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for the church. Thank you we weren't saved and left to make it on our own, but thank you for your people your kingdom and thank you for the pastors you have placed in our lives help us open our hearts to your purpose your way that you're the chief shepherd but you've given us great shepherds to follow bless now in Jesus name amen now, I don't, I don't feel led to give an altar call, but here's what I do feel led. We're going to sing and worship a little bit. But there's going to be a reception, and it's going to take a while. But when you pass Brother and Sister Bland today, tell them what a great job they've done. Tell them how much you, all that's good. But tell them something like, I'll follow you. you go, I will go. What you preach, I will obey. I will internalize it into my heart. I'm with you, pastor. 
I'm behind you, Pastor. You can count on me. Would you do that today as you go through the line at the reception? Let's lift our hands and thank God for our shepherd. In Jesus' name.